Welcome to Games We Grew Up With, a podcast that relies on nostalgia and a geeky sensibility. Each episode, we'll talk about one of the video games that left an impression on us as kids, put on some rose-tinted glasses, reminisce about it, then replay the game and see how it's held up over the years. This episode, we're space jumping into the past and talking about Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo. I'm Chris. And I'm Katie. Our E-Tanks are topped off, so let's talk some games. Woo, let's do it. We can't use any quotes from Samus because there she's are none. silent protagonist. Throwback. So, this is episode 37, but instead of talking about episode 37, I'm going to talk about a future episode. Guess what I'm going to talk about, Chris? What episode are you talking about? <laughs> episode 39... Which is going to be our second year anniversary live stream episode. Yay! I couldn't remember the number, so I, I couldn't feed you very well. I had to look it up myself. So <laughs> that was my stalling technique was throwing it to you. <laughs> so as we mentioned in the last episode, for our two year anniversary, we are going to do a live stream of an episode on a Tuesday. In fact, will be Tuesday, July 19th. We will be celebrating our two-year anniversary as a podcast, which is kind of incredible. So we'll be doing a live episode. Where can you find our live stream episode, Katie? It's going to be on our YouTube channel. Yeah! That's going to be the exciting thing. As a part of the lead-up up to the live episode and up to our two-year anniversary, uh, we're going to be posting a bunch of old clips back on our YouTube channel. Uh, some highlights and lowlights of our streaming careers you can find it over on our youtube channel games we grew up with so look forward to that coming out in the next couple of weeks we'll be posting those over to social media as well just as a reminder but yeah we're gonna be a little bit hopefully as long as this goes the way it's planned we're gonna be really active in the next couple of weeks to lead up to our two-year anniversary so look forward to all that fun stuff yay it should be a good time Hopefully it won't be a mess because that never happens when we episode when we episode that never happens when we try to record episodes. Yeah, absolutely. We're perfect. First time every time. The other thing is you might also if you've been following our social media and our streaming in particular, you might already know what game we're going to be playing for that episode. So I won't spoil it here. Check out the social media. It will be announced on the social media proper. We love seeing you all over on social media at GWGW show, whether on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, We love hanging out with you guys. Come uh, reach out to us. We also love hearing reviews from you all for the podcast. So any reviews you post, we really do appreciate. We do see them on both spotify and apple uh, apple podcasts all that great stuff so we really appreciate it all all is good otherwise i think it's time for our video game trope of the day trope of the day so chris what is our video game trope of the day this episode's trope of the day is hey what happened to all my powers what can you tell us about that it's it's a very standard thing, but what can you tell? Not It's a trope, so it happens all the time. Yes, That's yeah. why it's called Video Game Trope of the Day, Chris. Right, right. <laughs> what can you tell us about what happened to all of my powers? This is another wording that was less exciting than for than uh, that that I named it, which was starting depowered <laughs> at the start of a sequel. Yeah. 
this is the situation you run into in so many video game sequels that everything you earned in the last game, all of your power-ups, all your weapons, all of your extra health bars, everything, gone at the beginning of the game. Sometimes there's an explanation for it. Other times there isn't. Uh, another part of it that often plays in is the taste of power trope, which while we haven't yes. covered, uh, we might at some point go a little bit deeper into it. But the idea of taste of power is that you actually start with all of the powers from the previous game, and then within like five minutes, they take them all away from you, which is even worse, because then you're like, no, I know how amazing it felt. Right. It's like showing you what you can do at the end of the game, and then all of a sudden you're reduced to nothing. Yeah. This... This happens in practically every single Metroid game yeah. ever. So they try sometimes games, as I said, try to explain why. Metroid, they just kind of don't I mean early no, games in Metroid for sure like, there's no explanation. Your powers were literally punched out of you. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. You're just it gone. <laughs> they gone. <laughs> Another way we've seen this where they try to explain away, Jack 2, you completely start with nothing because they're like, oh, it's been two years and you've been in oh, prison. Yeah, were, and that's how you lose that. You're a prisoner. They don't explain how you lose your eco powers for Jack 3, but they try and say, like, you lost all your weapons. But what happened to my eco powers? Why do I keep losing all my powers? More recent game for Horizon Zero Dawn. At the very beginning of the game, Aloy is like, yeah, I've been traveling so hard, I lost all of it in a river or something like that. You're like, oh, but that was all really right. good armor. Yeah, easy. God of War is another game where this happens, where in God of War, I believe it's mm -hmm. two or three, they do the taste of power where Kratos is going to go fight and Zeus is just like, nope, ripping away all of your powers from you from the start. Uh Even in the newest version... Zeus doesn't take it away. Kratos stops using it because he loses hope or some BS like that. And then he throws away his his weapons because he started a new life. And that's also their explanation for why you're no good with an axe initially because it's not his weapon, it's his wife's. And so he's learning how to use it. So they oh, do yes. try to that's explain it a little bit. I mean, he was a god of war. He would know how to use an axe. It was silly. <laughs> but they do try to explain One game where they don't explain it, but they built an explanation is Zelda, where in theory they're all different links. Every Almost every single time you start a Zelda game, it's a different link. Like, I guess. But, like, how do I lose a bow and arrow every time? Come on. One of these iterations has to have a bow and arrow. Yeah, that's that's just, like, the weird universe that all the, the links live in. Right. Well, and that's the uh, idea that they all start as shipwreck people, so they have nothing. Right. The example that comes to my mind is Assassin's Creed. Mm. And it's a lot of different you know, assassins, but like the Assassin's Creed 2 universe, mm -hmm. which is the best because Ezio is Ezio the man. Ezio's a boss. Yes. You beat the first game and then you're in the villa and then it gets blown up by yeah. the bad guys. So you have to run away. So that's how you lose all of your armor and skills. Like you run around and do a bunch of stuff and then cannonballs blast through the villa and you don't have any of your old equipment yeah. And, and yeah armor or anything like that yeah so it's 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 an interesting trope i kind of appreciate it because it's like it's sort of a tutorial or it's kind of like a pie in the sky like carrot on the stick here's all that stuff you could do but you like we're the gonna snatch it away 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just like, I like when they have a taste of power or at least they have a canonical reason for why there's changing. When they have these games that are so plot heavy anymore that like rely on being a narrative from game to game to have no reason why you suddenly suck at everything again is just (laughs) frustrating to me. Mega Man, at the beginning of every Mega Man game, you lose all your powers, which is annoying too. It's something you find in so many games, obviously, since it's a trope, but some games, I think, handle it better than others, that you're just like, oh, well, absolutely. all of my weapons are gone. Poo. <laughs> so, yeah, you find it in so many games. It's everywhere out there, which is why, hey, what happened to all my powers is our video game trope of the day. Trope of the day! Day, day, day. All right, it is time to talk about the game of the episode Katie, what can you tell me about Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System? So, it is an action-adventure game developed and published by Nintendo for, as you said, the Super NES back in 1994. Action-adventure, but I think nowadays the genre we'd call it is a Metroidvania game because it is... I was going to make that joke. It is the Metroid of Metroidvania, which Chris almost messed up on stream. Which I have talked about in in previous episodes, talking about Metroid Dread, possibly, where I was like, this is very much a Metroidvania game. Of course it is. It's literally half of that word. In case you are unfamiliar with what a Metroidvania game is, Chris, can you describe to me what is a Metroidvania game? It's commonly classified as a game where you have to constantly backtrack and re-explore. It's very much uh, look at a map, Go find things, explore things that will give you powers and abilities that will give you the chance to unlock other parts of the map. So that it's you've a, already oh, passed. That you've already passed, yes. Yeah, so it's a whole lot of running around the same bunch of maps and trying to remember where you pass things that you need to unlock. In a 2D world and not high quality maps, as producer Kyle said. Yes. Lisa also said that at the same time. I was like, because everyone has built on that since then. That's like super common in yeah. these other yep. things, but it wasn't then. <laughs> it, it's the idea of like a roguelike game, I feel like started from the idea of the Metroidvania games and built from there, the, that you have to do something over and over and over again. That's the kind of style these games are. You have to go back and backtrack over and over and over again. So this game, Super Metroid, is actually the third installment in the Metroid series, which I think a lot of people don't know. They Everyone thinks it's the second because you have Metroid and then Super Metroid on the Super Nintendo. But in fact, there is a Metroid 2 Return of Samus that came out for the Game Boy in 1991. But Super Metroid is actually a direct sequel to Metroid 2 and not to just Metroid. Um, yes. it, it does take place, Metroid 2 does take place in between the two games. And I think a lot of people miss it because, again, it was on a handheld system and not on the main systems. The game, of course, features the very famous Samus Aran, who is a lady, which was a big deal at the end of the first game because that was the point. Is you go through the whole game in this huge armor thing, and if you beat it at a certain speed, which I want to say we talked about it in one episode, but if you beat it by a certain time, Samus's armor just flies off and she's in a bikini. But the point of this game is... It follows Samus as a, again, a direct sequel to Metroid 2. So we get to see our baby Metroid again, who we saved at the begin- end of Metroid 1. That is where yes. we start. It adds the, the whole mother motherhood theme for the entire series that certain other games in this series went yeah. way too far with. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. 
This game introduced a bunch of new concepts to the series, such as the inventory screen, an auto map, and the ability to fire in all directions, which, as much as I struggled in this game, good lord can I imagine how bad it'd be if I couldn't do that. Yeah. The game received critical acclaim with praise uh, for its atmosphere, gameplay, music, and graphics. It's often cited as one of the best video games of all times. You see it on tons of lists in the long run of this is the Metroid game that I think grabbed a lot of people's attention. Um, The game sold really well. It shipped 1.42 million copies worldwide by late 2003. Uh, So for a really, really old school game, that's really, really impressive. So this this game actually took I think I read somewhere that it took actually almost six months just to get approval from the main Nintendo office just to have it made, even if they had two other games that were fairly successful. That's crazy. And then on top of that, it was a two-year dev time. So we always... This is a long dev time for a Super Nintendo game. Yeah, which, as, as we talked about in so many episodes, we see this turnaround in less than a year, in a year and everything yeah. like that. The fact that it took that long for this game to go through that whole process, considering, again, yeah, this was not the start of a series. This was this was following on a very popular and well-received series. It, the fact that they kind of took them a while to get it get it out there is almost surprising. But the it was written and directed and produced by all of the returning staff. So Yoshi Sakamoto uh, wrote and directed the game. Uh, it was mm-hmm. produced by Makoto Kano and Junpei Yoki. They all came from the previous two games, as well as the co-developer, along with Nintendo, also came back. So they had a solid staff coming in. This game actually came out a full decade after the original game for the NES. and the What is this, a Blizzard game? I know. The creator, Sakamoto, <laughs> said uh, they wanted to wait until a true action game was needed and also to set the stage for the reappearance of Samus. So they wanted to give her her just dues, slash they got stuck mm-hmm. in development issues. Mm-hmm. But, you know, use what you got. But I think there were other, there were development things that took a little bit more time with this game and what they did modernize for the time so they wanted the team wanted to create a giant map but found it really tough to organize that amount of graphical data and so that's why it's actually broken into smaller parts in the gameplay because it was easier for them to break it down and work with it by breaking it down into smaller pieces which was really annoying because the number of times i wanted to look at other sections of maps was and and this is probably just mostly a GUI thing, not necessarily a, a game flow thing. Yeah. But why can't I look at other sections of the map? Come on. One thing that I thought was kind of interesting is they use the same aesthetic from the uh, first two Metroid games that they said was very heavily influenced by Alien and H.R. Geiger. Which you and could you could definitely tell, tell. like. Compared to all the other Nintendo games at the time, which are like Kirby and Mario and yeah. all these like happy-go-lucky games, and it's just like survival. It's, it's not quite survival horror, but it's it's kind of got that aesthetic it with does. a lot of it. Well, and that's really interesting too because this game, uh, right before it was actually released, was when the North American Entertainment Software Ratings Board was created, the ESRB. Yeah. And in response to the violence in games like Mortal Kombat, which came out in 1992. So this actually was, did have to respond to that and have an ESRB rating. And people 
there was backlash to the violence in this game. Mm. Even though it's not like a Mortal Kombat style violence, there was a reaction because it was right at the start of the rating system. So because of the controversy, Sakamoto, the creator, was asked about you know the backlash and everything and it, he, he specifically said that samus's purpose is to maintain peace in the galaxy and said basically it's not violence for the sake of violence and that's how he justified it in the game world but i think it appears almost more violent to a lot of outside people again because the environment because it has the hr geiger the alien influences that people automatically want to see it as more violent than it actually was especially in the creator's mind I regret that this is a podcast, so you can't see me rolling my eyes <laughs> practically out of the back of my head. Yeah. You're shooting monsters and aliens. This is not... Uh, this... The whole violence in video games thing kind of every once in a while drives me up a wall because it's literally a person shooting monsters. Why? Why is that a problem? But you know what? As much as that might have happened at the time, the critics, as I said... Loved it. They didn't care. <laughs> so Nintendo Power mentioned it may be the best action-adventure game ever and called it the wave of the future. Mm -hmm. Electronic Gaming Monthly gave the, their Game of the Month award, comparing it favorably to the original Metroid and applauding the graphics, the many weapons, items available, and the music. Each of the four reviewers, because again, this is the magazine that has four reviewers that they average out, gave it scores mm -hmm. of 9 out of 10. So super, super impressive. It just, again, people loved this game. It was incredibly well-received, highly raved about, and I, it, it definitely has a legacy to this day, which is one of the reasons why we wanted to go back and play it. After this, again, it was 10 years from the original Metroid to Super Metroid. It was only three years, in theory, from Metroid 2 to this Metroid game again, because that was on the Game Boy. It would take Nintendo another eight years. Hmm for another Metroid game to come out. So they, they like to take their they like to take their time on Metroid games. Uh, Metroid Fusion and Metroid Prime both came out in 2002. Metroid Prime, by the way, phenomenal game. Yeah. One of my favorite GameCube games ever, and by it, the way. And it's so disappointing because the reason Nintendo says they did it is they Metroid does not match the success of Mario and Legend of Zelda. Nintendo really has kind of let Metroid kind of go away. Part of that was Other M was a train wreck of a game. Yeah, well, that was later, to be fair. Yeah, and I mean, it wasn't until Metroid Dread they, within the last year which, that again, they the finally gaps, though, came back. Uh, Other M came out on the Wii, so there was nothing yeah. for the Wii U, you know. And then this is the Metro. The, the the Switch has been out for years, and there wasn't a Metroid yeah. game until just last year in 2021. I think it came out. So, because Chris and I are experts at speedrunning and definitely don't do slow runs instead, we love to look <laughs> at the stats to show where we would line up against the best around. And, as always, it'd be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, at any percentage speedrun was 40 minutes and 46 seconds, and that was set mm. a year ago by Zost. Zost, toast with a Z. And the number three record of 41 minutes and 19 seconds was set only a week before we recorded. So that's how much people are still absolutely speedrunning this game and improving. Having someone get third place yeah. is huge at this point. These kind of games have been out for so long that a lot of times it takes really particular styles of play to start improving on scores. And so it's really yeah. interesting that they're still having, the, as of a week ago, there was a new, like, 
score. Not the very best, mm. but absolutely up there. So it's very, very popular still. The 100%ing run was one hour, 12 minutes, and 53 seconds. And that was set nine months ago by Shiny Zenny. And Zost, the guy who did the end of percentage, is in second place on that one as well. And it's only two seconds slower, which <sighs> must be... Br- I'm hoping that Shiny Zenny broke Zost's record and not that <laughs> Zost got second place. And Zost wasn't, yeah, was two just seconds that <laughs> close. Oh, it did, because nine months versus a year ago. Okay, because that would be brutal. Oh, God. And, and like the, this is a game, again, where repetition is really important, that you have to go back to where you had been in the past and then go forward and then back to where you'd seen before. So I think that's our cue to go back to where we've been before, back to the past. So, oh, look at you. I, that was the best I think I've ever done. Uh, hey. <laughs> and I think it's time to go back to the... And then I whack my freaking mic. Uh, <laughs> I think it's time to go you back. You went back so hard you smacked the mic. Uh, I, I think it's time to go back to the past, back to before we had a chance to play this game again and talk about our memories of the game. So let's play that Chi Ocarina of Time and go back to the past. Sounds good. Let's do it. And that music means we are into the past before we've played this game. See what we remember. Katie, what do you remember about Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo? So I'm going to say this off the top. I am going to mix up multiple Metroids in this memory. I didn't play a ton of other Metroids that weren't the GameCube ones. So I... I I don't think I played like a ton, but there are certain things of like, I don't remember when certain things happen or how much I've just absorbed from like the osmosis mm. of being in the gaming internet kind of thing. But I mean, Samus is a boss. And by this point we do know Samus is a woman. Cause that came out in the first one. So Samus is a girl. Samus is a girl. And we know that. And I remember thinking even back then, like, wow, it's really cool. Even though they don't make a big deal of it, which is good. They're just like, that was the point. Is. Yeah. And I loved that as a kid being like, yeah, cool. It's just Samus. And She's still a badass, and that's awesome. I remember thinking, because you can tell when I played it, of the ball mechanic, how Samus can like roll into a tight little ball. I'm like, it's like Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> Not used in the same way, but that idea of like having that mechanic yeah. of being able to roll into a little ball and roll around the screen. The morph ball. The morph ball. And so like those are the things in my memory. It's a 2D scroller, you know, so that it just that's kind of what sticks out in my brain. I don't know if anything like more specific comes about comes up for me. What about you, Chris? What do you remember? I remember I think this was a babysitter game. Yes. At least a little bit. Very much so. I think I played this at the neighbors as well. I know I played it on an emulator probably afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I definitely remember the final boss at the babysitter because it was like Mother Brain. It's the Mother Brain. I do remember. Yeah. That's exactly the the brain in the tank. I remember. I don't remember ever getting to that point. I remember watching people at baby the babysitters get to that point. Like the the older son. I remember him playing for us and getting to that point. I specifically remember that as well. I mean, I remember. I remember the different kinds of of beams. I I remember at least the freeze beam. There were different that weapons. was a thing because you had to like freeze the. Uh, there was one point where you had to like climb essentially a tower, like like not not a tower because it was all underground. Yeah. Uh, but you had to climb, climb you know, a, a, a whatever pit. 
and you had to freeze these stupid things, and they would only be frozen for a little bit, and it was a huge pain in the butt to get that timing. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I do remember that. And so, again, probably another reason I wasn't very good at it. It was very platformer. <laughs> yeah, that I'm I, bad in, at. in my in my notes, I wrote Metroidvania. I also have obviously. that in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's, it's, it's half of one of those games. And to be fair, I, I definitely played this before I played Avania. I didn't play Castlevania until I was in high school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, definitely. So I definitely knew the Metroid half of Ca- Metroidvania before I ever knew the Castlevania half of it. Right. But it's definitely like, yeah, go back on yourself. And I, I remember I remember the, the Samus's ship, like the little Ooh, yellow flying I saucer thing. That. Yeah. I distinctly remember the noise when you saved, like the little music key. I don't know if I like remember the that. Da, 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 oh my gosh, yeah, you have a much better memory of this game than I do. I I remember a decent amount of like just kind of the the music was very um, ambient, atmospheric type music a lot of times. Yeah, no, it was. I do remember being very atmospheric and like it sets you in the mood. Yeah. And they had like different doors. I mean, that's a that's a staple. Yeah. In the series, right? Like the the regular one where you need a. There was a one where you needed missiles. You needed a super missile, or you needed like a, a power bomb, like the super morph ball bomb. Right, right, right. I got, yeah, all the different like weapons slash upgrades available to you were interesting. Yeah. I distinctly remember the the first boss you really run into after you get the morph ball and it's like the the chozo that like it's yes. you know, the bird thing that comes in and swipes yes, down yes, so you yes. have to morph so ball and to go morph underneath ball to go underneath that's oh that's right see i think i watched a lot more of this game than i played when i was young as well i don't think i actively played this game nearly as much because it was just it was mm-hmm. too hard for me at this i remember this like well again as, as kids this was a hard game oh like, this so was not hard. yeah so hard we i struggle which is again why i think i, I mostly watched because it was like well at least you can right. get past this area that i definitely can't get past <laughs> oh, uh, i remember the fire area again these these are all staples of the series yeah like you needed the vera suit to get into the fire area i probably wouldn't have remembered it would called the vera suit if i hadn't played i was gonna say did, you, you're probably remembering recently. that from the more modern games yeah I mean, Metroid Prime, as an aside, was an absolutely phenomenal game. So I really still haven't gotten around to playing Metroid Dread yet, and I've heard nothing but good things, which is the new Switch game. It's it's an old school. Yeah, I've heard Metroidvania nothing but good things, game. and it's, I just really want to. I really want to yeah. play that. So maybe I'll play it finally after I play this game. I am looking forward to playing this game again fully through like making myself play this because i know i've tried to play it a couple times here and there and it's hey, it's have... gonna be a challenge it's not an easy game no from what but I we have we have cheaty scummy saving now so that is true Cause... i remember it, it had the uh the multiple like kind of mega man multiple life bars yes. each one was a hundred so there's, there's, I'm just thinking about all the sound effects that I remember. I just remember being so impressed by the graphics of this game. Not that it looked realistic because it's space. It's not like anything in the real world, but it seems so much more detailed than a lot of the games of its same generation. Like, I felt uh-huh. like there was just more to the world. There were like little pieces here and there. They didn't like block colors necessarily when it was like decorating. Yeah. It was just like 
knobs and screws and like the all the aliens were very detailed and icky looking in a good way like just the visuals of the game i feel like stuck with me again maybe because i watched more than i played (laughs) hold on nebula sorry you're gonna start a howl only things i know about the original game are from like cultural osmosis at this point yeah well, that's, as, as you said earlier, it's going to be really hard to differentiate because Samus and the Metroid universe has just become so iconic. Yeah, she is an icon. It, yeah. It is, the, the series is substantial for that reason alone. Um, yeah. Even if they had huge lulls of not not producing games at all, there were good chunks of time there weren't Metroid games coming out. Hey, there was Metroid Other M. Oh, it was awful. Don't we don't talk about other M. <laughs> we don't talk about other M. We don't talk about Bruno, but we don't talk about other M. So, so Chris, I think I think at this point, what would be your rose tinted score for Super Metroid? This is hard because, as you said, there's so much cultural bleed in. I'm gonna go with an eight out of ten, but I'm not super confident okay. about that. I remember playing it a little bit. I remember a lot about the game. It's going to be really interesting to go back and see how the mechanics live up, held up. Yeah. Because I mean, like the structure of the game, we all know how it's going to be, because because that's what it is. Yeah. What What about you? What's your rose score? I have to give it a seven. I think it was so mm-hmm. hard. I enjoyed watching it for sure. I just don't remember playing actually playing it very much because it was so hard for yeah. me to play and again i think it was bordering on one of the games the babysitter thought was too mature for me to be fair so i don't know if i was allowed to play it while she was paying attention i think i was only i think i was only yeah. allowed to play it if she didn't notice what i was doing so what do you think your score is going to be when we play it again so probably gonna get yelled at famously good with with platformers yeah i'm gonna give it a seven i feel like i'm gonna be awful at it but that i uh-huh. think the historical precedents will keep it from being like an awful awful score but that i just i don't think i'm gonna be very good at it so i'm gonna get angry and i'm gonna get frustrated and so it's gonna i'm giving it a seven what about you what what are you predicting your score is going to be i'm gonna go with an eight so i'm gonna stick stick level there mm-hmm. i think there are going to be some frustrating parts especially probably some of the boss fights mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if dread is any sort of indication yeah. i got real mad at one of the boss fights that i ran into and i think some of the bosses might be frustrating yeah i think it's going to be less frustrating because we're going to be able to save scum save so scum. and and i take that sort of into account but i'm going to stick with an eight i think okay. it's going to be a a fairly well designed game I'm not going to have to draw a map because they give you a map. Yeah. So do. that's nice. Thankfully. It, mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be a lot like our Mega Man playthroughs. I think it's going to be significantly easier than our Mega Man playthroughs. Okay. You have more confidence because than I do. Because there's save. You can save. You like, can not save. even save scum. You could just you save. Can just save. That is valid. Well, we'll see how it goes. So I think it is time to go back to the present, back to when we've actually played the game to see how well we did and how many times we actually had to end up save scumming this game. Mm-hmm. So let's play that Chiacarina of time and go back to the present. Let's do it.
So that music means we are back from the past, back in the present, ready to talk about the game after we had a chance to play it. So to start with, Chris, tell me about the plot of Super Metroid. So there's an interesting note about the plot from this from one of the developers. I think the quote is, we really didn't want to explain things to the player using too many words. We just wanted to let them play and be able to work things out for themselves. Which really means you get a bunch of text screens in the beginning, and then you have to figure it out after that. And then you get a text screen at the end. You get, yes, a text screen at the beginning and at the end. So the plot is it takes off from the end of Metroid 2, where Samus has found this Metroid that has kind of bonded to her. She brings this last Metroid to a colony for study. Then she just kind of goes about on her way. She gets an emergency message, comes back, realizes that this colony has been overrun and practically destroyed by her arch nemesis, Ridley, who has stolen the last Metroid. Ridley! Rude. Blows up said colony, and then you have to follow Ridley to Zeebs and track down the last Metroid. You do this with no sort of narration in the meantime. You find it. Eventually, it ends up saving you. The Metroid, not Ridley. The Metroid does, not Ridley. You defeat Ridley, and then you find other second Mother Brain, because you fought Mother Brain in the old game. The Metroid that you had saved and looks at you as kind of its mother, because they're setting that up early and often, gives you a power-up. You eventually defeat second Mother Brain and have to run away again and hopefully not die before the planet blows up. That's it. Not a lot. Very basic. There's there's a lot in the meantime, but the plot from the top-down level is is not super, super deep. Yeah, and, and as you mentioned uh, earlier when we were talking about the development of the game and the, the feeling of the game about kind of the alien style and Geiger style of the game, Ridley is named after Ridley from Alien. Ridley Scott. Yes, Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. Like, it's specifically after him, which is kind of awesome. Yes, and and apparently the ship computer is mother brain, so that's also where they yes. got the term. But yeah. that it, that's how much of them pulling atmosphere and influence and yeah. inspiration from aliens it was. Is they actually that's why the space pirate is named Ridley because Ridley Scott. I do like that note. So yes, that is the the overarching plot. There's obviously a lot in between. There's a lot of exploration. You you go through. There's four mini bosses. Uh, Four, yeah, four areas plus the the final area mm. that that is just like you know like three rooms or whatever. But lots of exploring, lots of backtracking. Again, very much one of the games that solidified the Metroidvania archetype. Yeah. So the mechanics, as we said, it's a two D scroller mostly. There's platforming involved. You have weapons. So when you have you have a weapon, you start with your basic gun, and then you pick up kind of upgrades along the way. I unfortunately hadn't played this game in so long as we talk about in the Rose section that I really didn't even play it back then. Couldn't figure out how to switch my weapon until someone in the chat was like, 
there's a select button on these controllers. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, the actual proper use of the select button. Yes. <laughs> Because you had different, you had different beam weapons, but once you got like missiles or yeah. super missiles, so like you know, you got missiles, and super missiles were essentially like five times as strong as regular yeah. missiles. You had super bombs. Yeah, you and had. So yeah, you could upgrade the laser, but then you also had missiles that you would get yeah. that were separate that you had a more limited quantity of. Correct. You also got various suits throughout the game. So, like, the first suit you get is the various suit, yeah. which lets you not get burned in high heat areas. And this is what we're yep. talking about of the Metrovania of backtracking. So there was a certain area that I went to, and as soon as I walked in, my health starts draining. And I was like, oh, yep. no, I can't be here because something's going on. I get the suit, and I'm like, oh, now I can go in the area that was super hot and would hurt me, and I go in there, and not, I'm not being damaged anymore. So that's the way the style of game be. You'd get missiles after you passed a door that could only be opened by missiles. You know, that yeah, kind you of had, style. Yeah, you had various doors. You had, like, so, like, a blue door could be opened by a normal beam. A red door took five missiles or a super missile. A green door could only be opened by a super missile, uh, I think a, it was yellow door was a power bomb. And then you had, well, there was like gray doors that were uh, plot, plot specific doors. Yes. And then they would be flat there. Sometimes there were doors that would, you couldn't open until you called, killed all the enemies and then they'd be flashing yeah. and you could open them. So you knew it was like, you're allowed to use those. The way the map worked as well is you would slowly go room to room, even piece of room by piece of room, and it would show up on your map and you'd explore. There were places where you could get parts of the map, like it would fill out your map for you so you'd have a general idea of where to go. But those maps that you would find didn't include everything. I know, that drove me crazy. You could find, yeah, little things where it's like, you've got the map. But it's not the whole map, so, so there's still secrets. Yeah. yeah, there's still a bunch of secrets. And that was one thing that I struggled a lot with was parts of the environment are destructible, so you can go through them. So you can go yeah. through pieces of the floor or pieces of the ceiling or pieces of the wall. There was no set defining feature of what could blow up and what couldn't. Until you got the x-ray beam, and then you could see that. Well, spoilers, people. I clearly didn't get that far. <laughs> it's, well, and that's another ability or another power where you got the x-ray beam, which drove me crazy because it made me want to check every single room, oh, yeah. which is how these games work, right? Because there's certain oh, blocks yeah. through through the x-ray beam. It's like, all right, this block I could blow up by using a power bomb mm -hmm. or a uh, morph ball bomb. Or if I had to use the uh, sprint shoes to get rid of it. Or something like that. But it was literally... You had to go back in every single room and scan everything. Also, that's something I need to mention. Morph ball. We talked about it in the rose section. But of course, yes. Samus can turn into a little ball and roll around. That is a key feature of Metroid games. Uh, and you can do little bombs while you're doing that. And then there's the bomb jump that comes with that. Where you like use it to... like boost you while you're a ball and there's like a timing thing to that that i was awful at yeah if you like if you're next to a bomb that you drop it'll throw you up in the air yeah. and you can time it correctly eventually you get the spring jump so you can actually jump when yeah. you're in the morph ball yeah you get uh, the grapple beam so there's certain blocks where you can like 
uh, swing and grapple across. Yeah. And Those physics I thought were really weird and annoying. Yeah. I won't lie. And again, that's that's the thing about this game is you slowly got these power-ups as you're going yeah. through the game and you would be able to go back. And so when I was sure at one point, Chris in the chat was like, ooh, hold still where you are right now so I can write down on a piece of paper where that door is because yeah. <laughs> I need to get back to that door and I didn't remember where it was. So I had to, I just waited on stream while Chris made a quick mini map up for himself or a note of where one of the doors to backtrack to because I couldn't get through the door yet, yeah. but he could and hadn't couldn't remember where it was. And so... <laughs> I wish I had made more of those maps. Again, yeah. in the whole Metroidvania theme, it's it's trying to remember where you had been and where you haven't been. It's, it's so it's hard. It's one thing in the in the newer games like like Metroid Dread, mm -hmm. you could drop markers, right? And it's just like that is so incredibly useful. And obviously, they're not going to have this in a game like this. But so you, I I was literally drawing tons of mini maps to be like, I need to go here and here and here yeah. and here. And then at some point, you get things like the space jump. Yep. Which is, you could just, essentially, if you time it right, infinitely double jump. I guess it's not a double jump if you could do it infinitely. It, yeah. But you can infinite it, jump. It literally made certain power-ups useless because yeah, you didn't need them anymore. Yeah, but it was all earning your way there. Well, the other thing is yeah. there were some non-power-ups throughout the game that there were skills you would learn from the animals. So, like, yeah. the wall jump. The wall jump, which, which... I never got done like I never got down well. It's yeah, and you could try to watch them and try to do it. And I remember because I had gotten stuck here in previous playthroughs when I was a kid, because the way to get to that area, you have to do like a very yeah, uh, you have to do a dun a bunch of precision platforming over the weird like flowers that suck you in. And so this this long corridor of that, and then it's like, oh, you have to go up this thing, and the only way to get it is wall jumping. Yeah. And if you suck at the wall jump, you probably suck at precision platforming, which means you're practically stuck in that area. And there's a save point right around there, too. So you can accidentally save and get yourself stuck. If you don't have enough power-ups. Yeah, and, and that, that is something that would absolutely happen to me because I'm awful at these kind of timing yeah. things. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. It was not a power-up necessarily, but you learned from these little animals throughout the game. And they did that even with the, uh, with the power-ups as well. They did a pretty good job, I thought, of trying to get you to use them. Yeah. Like when you get like the space jump, you're in an area where you fell down a hole and the only way to get out was via the space jump. Yeah. So it was one of those, like, well, you got this power up. Learn how to use it right now because you're going to need to use it later. Yeah. And, and so they did, they did do a good job of introducing. When they would introduce these new weapons or these new skills, you did have to use them relatively quickly so that you could. I think they did that so you figured out the mechanic as quickly as yeah. possible. Did you retain it or not? That's a different question. <laughs> but, you know, at least you le you're supposed to learn it. Or you get stuck and you have to restart at your save point. So, you know, one or the other. I do remember, like, after you got the ice beam, which means you could freeze enemies. And there's certain enemies that you can't necessarily kill, but just freeze. And an example of, like, teaching you how to use it. To get up this column, you know, this, this you know, uh, uh, vertical area... 
the only way you could get up is if you froze these things and jumped on them. Mm-hmm. Froze the one above you and jumped and go back and forth. I remember that from playing it before and being like, this was a pain in the butt. <laughs> like, it's it's rough. Even, even late game, I found myself in that same area. I was like, oh, God. Like, I've even got the space jump, but it's still just easier to freeze them and jump yeah. and freeze and time. And yeah. It's... Yeah. So those are the big parts of the mechanics of the game. The music was great. I love the music of this game. Oh, so good. It's it was like so kind much of fun. Ambient, creepy music. Like It really helped set the atmosphere of the game. Yeah. This game really was more about showing than telling, hence the only text at the beginning and the end. And the, yeah. the music really helped with that, in my opinion, of just showing more of the environment of the world through the music. The boss music was really good, and like just kind of the, uh, I feel like a ton of the bosses had the same little like screaming voice. Yeah. But it's just again so iconic, where it's just it it just sticks with you. As soon as the music starts playing, you're like, oh yeah, this exactly. Uh, so that was a ton of fun. Let's actually get into us playing the game. As I kind of mentioned a little earlier, I did not, in fact, finish this game. I really struggled a lot on this game, and I almost rage quit a couple times. So to save my Super Nintendo Classic, I had to take breaks from it a lot, and so I just was never going to get through the game. I wish I had been there, because I really think you would have enjoyed the game because you only got what you were at the the first main boss i ended up beating him so i did get beyond that you did. so I, okay. I did beat him finally because producer kyle looked up like the actual strategy of it and i had the general idea but i finally got yeah. the timing of it of knowing i the missiles only go into his mouth like don't waste them on anything else that was crucial oh that yeah, i yeah, didn't yeah. realize that, that was one of the the go-to's is hit them in the mouth Hit them with a missile or a charge it. beam so, if you had that. So I was hitting them in the eyes, which is also a go-to because they flashed. And so I, yeah. you know, I thought it was good, but that's not it. That's not where the damage comes. It comes from opening them up. So it was figuring that out, getting that done. So I got beyond that. So I ended up getting like the super sprint. Okay. So I did get and and the 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 Ares Ares suit. So I got to the fire area. That was all post that Ver- first boss. Vera suit. Vera suit. Vera. Vera suit. So I did. I did get beyond that. Not a ton, a ton beyond that, but I did keep going. But That's fair. As any of our regular podcast listeners might know, platforming and I don't always get along. (laughs) So some of the lava and I did not get along. That's fair. Oh, gravity suit. That's the other big, that's the other suit upgrade, which means you can jump through water like it's not there, which, you know, opens up about half of the map. Yeah. So there's... Four main bosses. Yeah, that you have to beat, I think, to then get to Mother Brain. Yes, there's the thing that shoots things out of its stomach. <laughs> there's the uh, the ghost. There's Ridley, obviously, and then what's the what's the third one? What am I missing? Dragon is an enormous sea creature that resides in Meridia. Oh yeah, that's the one where our Twitch friend who apparently is very, very well-versed in this game, who helped me through pieces here and there. You just need to blow up a bunch of turrets, and then if you grapple... So he'll pick you up and, like, drain your health as Uh it carries you around. If you grapple beam one of those broken turrets, it damages you and the boss. Ah. And that's the the cheapo 
way to get hey, him. Do it. Uh, and then Ridley is the fourth. Yep. And then Mother Brain, of course, is the final boss. Mother Brain, which is, that was kind of a... Mother Brain was kind of a straightforward fight. Narrative is, boss. Yeah. Like, I thought Ridley was probably the hardest. Because so, so all the other bosses at some point, like, drop pieces where you can get more health. Yeah. And get more missiles. Really didn't really do that. So you just had to kind of uh, get in a good timing. And this is one of my notes is super missiles were worth worth their weight in gold with bosses. Like, they were so powerful. And you can obviously get upgrades to get, like, five more at a time. Yeah. And same thing with energy tanks and, and backup tanks and stuff like that. But I got to Ridley and it was like, I don't know if I have enough super missiles and energy tanks to get it. Like, I'm just going to have to make this work because it's going to take me like 40 minutes to backtrack. Yeah. Because that's how this game works. Exactly. Eventually I got it. But yeah, the the last boss I thought was fairly standard. Like, you just shoot it a bunch and it not and the, super, super hard. And then, and you then know. And the um, little Metroid comes and helps you. The Metroid saves you and then dies because it's killed by the Mother Brain. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> so then after you beat Mother Brain, you have to escape the underground that you're in because the whole planet is collapsing, I guess. They don't really. Yes. So tell and us about that, Chris. Tell us. It. You just have to get out. Uh, if you're me, you get lost. I was literally, like, eyes on the prize. I had opened the last door to get to my ship as I hit, like, 0.1 seconds and then died and had to do the whole thing again. Oh, it was brutal. Like, I was, like, five seconds away from finishing the game. Check out the VOD on Twitch. Did it? Yes, there's a VOD on Twitch of that. So I guess there's different endings based on how long it takes. Yes. I think my, my final playthrough was about... In like the eight to nine hour time frame, yeah, yeah. Again, not the shortest one. Not not forty minutes or an hour. Speed runs at forty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And and as we talked about, with it's funny when you say like this is about how long it took you, and we we often talk about how long it takes us to play these games. But in Metroid, it's actually a stat they give you at the end of the game of how long did it take you to play because there are different endings based on how fast you do it. So it's a game of all games that encourages speed running. Because yeah. the whole point is they want you to beat it as fast as possible as well. I would love to try it again. There's no way I'm going to get that much faster. But but you at least know a little bit more. Uh, that's true. I I got some help. There was, I think, really only once where I got really lost and was circling around and around. And and someone on Twitch was like, go, go this way, dummy. I had way, to dummy. use producer Kyle every once in a while to be like, where <laughs> do I go? Because especially with the... I don't know where else to go. I'm going in a circle. And he's like, you need to blow up a piece of the floor. And then you go. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I just, I don't think I would have. I, and so we started doing the obsessive, like, let me blow up every little piece of the floor. But yeah. even that doesn't work all the time. So it definitely got a little frustrating at times. Uh, and again, I'm really bad at platforming, apparently. I always thought I was okay <laughs> at it. This podcast has taught me I am not good at platforming. <laughs> and so I struggled. This, this was hard, especially when you got the higher jump or the super jump. You almost, I felt like I was over jumping platforms mm, yeah, I could see late that. game, well, which was frustrating. Even before you had that, this is a game is the longer you hold the button, the higher you jump. So that was the other thing I would struggle with with bosses sometimes is like I would under or over jump while trying to do stuff. 
I think I had to. It's what the one boss that's like the big pod. Yes. The plant pod, and you're like, why can't I jump high enough? And I was like, hold down the jump button longer. And then it's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so this game and I got along. <laughs> it's interesting because it's not because like now you've got pressure sensitive yeah. buttons. That's not what this was. No. It was just just hold it duration of press. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, Katie apparently didn't. I don't think because they never tell you, obviously. And read so I, the manual. Jeez, we didn't have a manual because I had this Super Nintendo Classic. Again, we played this on the Classic. It was released on the Wii Virtual Console as well, but we both played the SNES Classic version. Yes, I did look up the manual, and it's as amazing as you would think it would be for Perfect. a Super Nintendo game. Love it. It does, you know, tell you everything, which <laughs> of is <course>. helpful. <laughs> So, at the end of the day, Chris, you beat the game. So, what is your final score for Super Metroid? My score is 9.5 out of 10. I loved playing this game so much. It was so much fun. Like, the the exploration, it didn't feel overly hard Mm -hmm. to me, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But I loved it so much. Like, the progression was good. It didn't slog down too much. Like, again, I beat it in, like, eight hours. Yeah. So it's not a ton of time. And it felt like I was getting upgrades fairly quickly in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things. And I I, I loved it. I, I know you don't have the same experience, so, but what what would you give it? Well, Ed, so you had given it a rotent score of eight and then a predicted score of eight. So you actually did uh, outrank both your scores oh, with, wow. with your final by score a lot. by a lot I, i'm gonna give it a seven out of ten i can see why people really like it i can see why it is the game and it, it's part of the the series that it's a part of today i am just so bad at it and so frustrating <laughs> i'm so easily frustrated in general in most gaming and games like this the the constant backtracking if i've played so many of the metroidvania games and i just don't i get it i don't love them mm-hmm. because it's just not a style of game that i enjoy playing most of the time because i don't like going backward all the time i don't like having to constantly be writing detailed maps of where this thing is that mm-hmm. i want to find again like that's a little bit of backtracking absolutely having to backtrack for like ever is really really painful <laughs> to me as much as I love to save all the time in this kind of environment, you don't run into save points naturally, in my opinion, as often because you have to go find them most of the time. Uh-huh. And so I didn't keep going back to the save points probably as often as I should have initially. And so I died and lost like 50 minutes of gameplay. Oh, I, I remember and when that happened and that was Rough. I lost the map. I lost not yeah. even just what I had mapped. I had found a piece of the map, so I lost that. I lost a gun. I lost significant time, and it was just like, oh, I don't know if I can do this right now. Like it was like I'd beaten the the, the plant boss, and I had lost that. Like that was rough, and that's partially my fault that I didn't save. But I'm so maybe spoiled by modern games that save points are normally thrown in your face. I'm so used to games that they throw constant save points in your face, and that's not how this game works. And so I lost a ton of time, and that's frustrating to me. So 7 out of 10, 100% can see why people love it. What I saw, the music, the the building of the environment, all of mm-hmm. everything you saw was great. I just It's just not my genre of game. I can understand that. 
You don't like the game because you're not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I say that, and I feel like that happens a lot on this podcast. Well, I, I try to be gentle. Like I said, like it, I know it's There's not There's both a bad of us. Game. It's not just you. Yeah, it's just not. It's not my style of game. Yeah, game no, game. absolutely. That's why I'm glad at least you got past that one boss because yeah. I wanted to make sure. It's like you need to experience a little bit more of the no, game. and I did, and I like, yeah, getting, like the, the, getting the, the different the suit was re- yeah, getting the different suit was really nice because it was that moment yeah. of I remember the area I went to that I couldn't go into before. I had that yeah. moment of like I know where to backtrack to right now, so that was nice. Or when you get the upgraded blaster and you go back yeah. into old areas and you're like, ha ha, exactly. take this. Exactly. I am more powerful now. Ah. Um, or when you just sit there and kill a bunch of little mini things to refill everything, you know? <laughs> they did have those little grindy areas where there was uh, continuously spawning enemies to give you health and missiles, I, I, which there, was nice. There was a couple of those areas that would, I would then immediately lose health afterwards because I'd fall into like a <laughs> spike pit or something and be like, whatever, close enough. <laughs> So overall, again, yeah, I enjoyed the game well enough. I could see why people love it. Not my style of game. So I give it a 7 out of 10. That matches both my rose and predicted scores. Oh, Chris, how droll. I know. Chris ended up giving it a 9.5 out of 10, which was above both his rose and predicted score of 8. Uh, there are a ton of other Metro games, as we talked about out there. And this, this as we said, we played it on the SNES Classic. It's uh, available. It's also on the Wii Virtual Console. If I think it's still being sold there. So you can I'm definitely sure get a tra- chance to play this game wherever you can. But besides that, you know, now that we're wrapping up with Samus, Chris, what's our next game? Our next game is going to be Crash Team Racing. Woo! Kart Racing Yay. and PlayStation. Back at Back it. Back to racing. So that's our upcoming game. Again, if you follow us on social media, you might have already suspected that since I posted a little sneak preview of that being our next game. I keep saying we're going to be better at social media, but we really are, especially upcoming to, again, our two-year anniversary coming up, July 19th. Live episode. Live episode. So check out social media. I'm going to keep putting up polls. I'm going to start doing more like questions like that. We definitely want to hear from you. Join us on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, over on Twitch. You'll find out what game we're going to cover for our two-year anniversary. You'll also get to see us play some Crash Team Racing. Yes. But it'll be a lot of fun. So check that out when you have a chance. Again, GWGW Show on Twitch, Instagram, Twitter or games we grew up with over on Facebook or on YouTube. Check out our YouTube channel. We'll be uploading a bunch of new clips coming up. The Crash Team Racing episode will come out four weeks from now, so look forward to that. Otherwise, we look forward to hearing from you all out in the world. Big thanks to all of the listeners, all the people that we've talked to on social media, everyone talked to on Twitch. Love you guys. You guys are so good. Giving us tips and hints. We probably couldn't have beat half the games that we played on our second playthroughs without you guys so keep it up drop in big thanks to our producers couldn't do without you guys couldn't do without the listeners obviously this is for you guys love you guys so much always love having you around so say goodbye Chris goodbye Chris bye everyone bye Samus Samus is a girl Samus is a girl Stop that! I'm trying, I'm trying to wait till you stop talking. We're trying to laugh.